Hey guys, if you want updates on our latest episodes, then be sure to subscribe to the Film Colossus podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, if you'd like to support the show and hear episodes ad-free, then subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmcolossus. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My name is Travis Bean. My name is Chris Lambert. And welcome to Film Colossus. Your guide to movies. I love I love the way you say it. It's like I'm walking into like like you're a tour guide or something and I'm entering I don't know I don't know some historic mansion or something. I was an orientation leader in college. <laughs> I bet you were. I'd be like, "Welcome to Case Western Reserve University." Just flows right off the tongue. Did you ever in county encounter any uh lost students who thought maybe they were body switching of someone else and they felt a lost severed connection with somebody whoever it was once a year once a year yeah i figured yeah it's just it's weird how often it happens but i, I don't know these body switcheroo movies get in people's heads <laughs> they just want to they want to live the dream <laughs> i myself love a good body switcheroo which is why i am very ecstatic to be talking about the 2019 is it 2019 is that mm, when the movie came out not even close really 2016 2016 yeah 2016 movie i i've been writing about the lighthouse which came out in 2019 my brain's in two different places at once (laughs) uh very excited to be talking about this movie that came out seven years ago your name yeah which uh is one that's been big on the film colossus website for a minute you wrote about it in what was it like 2018 2019 i feel like yeah it was way back then yeah so it's been getting it's been one of our top view getters for years and i've always meant to watch it hadn't watched it uh so this was my first time seeing this movie yeah um and i guess we'll just jump right in what were your expectations going in um i wasn't sure how it was going to go Uh, i remember people talking about how popular this movie was i think it was what like the second or third highest grossing movie in japanese like Japanese made film like in Japan um, in history. So it was hugely successful. Um, But I wasn't sure if it was going to be like Grave of the Fireflies or uh, something a little more upbeat and fun. I like Spirited Away or Grave of the Fireflies. I wasn't. (laughs) Spirited Away, a nice uplifting movie. (laughs) It's empowering. But compared to great for the fire of the fireflies, for sure. Yeah. So I, I didn't know going in what to expect, but I do know that everybody that I've ever talked to about this movie just like raves about it. Um, and I know Including me. Yeah. Over the years that it's been something that you've like hyped up a lot, talked about a lot in terms of just 
how much you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't too sure how much I was going to like happy cry or sad cry. <laughs> That's a good preview. I want to count by the end of the, the podcast. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, what did you know about it before you wrote about it? Um, not much. This was back when you and I were in the midst of like overhauling the website, I think. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of committing to these big, long, monstrous articles, which is the opposite of what we do now, kind of. <laughs> um, but like this one article that'll answer every single question you have about your name. Um, and I think the two movies we picked for Black Swan, which you covered, and your name, which we had just found from like Googling, just like a general sense of movie discussion online. Like these were two movies that a lot of people were curious about. Um so heading into it, I felt a little intimidated, I guess, because I, I think the reasons a lot of people are confused about this movie are purely plot based and like the logic of everything, which isn't necessarily my forte, as Chris knows, and as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, like, I don't really care about logic in movies that much. <laughs> it's not something that like sticks out to me when I'm watching a movie. Uh, so going to this, I kind of had that like, it was locked and loaded like okay i have to pay attention to the logic and like figure things out and it actually was kind of fun for me to do um i wrote that article and tried to answer all the different questions um i think some stuff probably just doesn't make sense um <laughs> which i'm sure chris will talk about but i was uh doing my best to like answer all those questions cover all those sayings and uh so basically uh while i i i could have had an intimidated feeling like i think just remember like really enjoying the movie and excited by all of the strange things that it did and trying the and the prospect of having to connect all the dots um so but the other thing to say i guess is that i'm while i really like anime and some of my favorite movies are anime i don't watch it a ton um i usually just watch the ones that like i'm supposed to watch and your name was maybe like one of the only times i've just watched like a popular how, i don't know how to say this because it, it's not like the studio jiba movies aren't deep um i, I don't know it, it, it's it feels it felt like my first time watching just like a popular anime movie you know what i mean like yeah. something that just like all the anime nerds like the, it, as opposed to something like from studio ghibli or something like mind game like these really deep psychological things you know but this was just purely it it feel like it felt like it just had like a bunch of anime fans attached to it so i wasn't sure how i was going to react to it but i ended up really liking it so i don't know maybe i need to watch more anime you definitely need to watch more anime <laughs> it's i mean that's something i've i've watched a ton of anime yeah you watch a lot of it but mostly serious like movie wise i haven't watched all that much like akira paprika perfect blue all the ones i've seen <laughs> yeah like spirited away the ghibli movies uh what's the like the earth sea which i think is like a ghibli offshoot movie there hasn't yeah. been like a ton of them like some of the like dragon ball super like <laughs> dragon ball z like for sure yeah. movies that are like uh, spin-offs of TV series that I've liked. So it's definitely an area, Akira, of course. It's an area that I need to dive into more myself. Um, it was funny. I mean, maybe... Oh, I've never watched any of... Uh, what? Makoto... 
uh shinkai yeah i i haven't heard of any of his other movies yeah Um, i actually haven't seen his early ones i've just seen this i watched half of weathering with you because i just couldn't get into it (laughs) and then i saw suzume which i really loved okay that's good um yeah garden of words i maybe remember hearing about but i don't yeah and then Mm. the new one it's suzume yeah okay um it was funny somebody said that he made like i tweeted about watching this and somebody's like he's made the same movie three times in a row (laughs) yeah he has (laughs) i looked up like the just the descriptions for weathering with you and cracked up and then uh suzume suzumi suzume it's Um, suzume okay and cracked up i was just like yeah (laughs) that's that's pretty uh i mean but when you find it you if you have a niche that's making money like yeah i mean i know what you mean i i thought about that too because i was i almost suggested like we should do suzume like after we do your name but i was like uh the plots are so similar that like <laughs> maybe we should do a, a, a your name suzume like dual episode or something <laughs> i mean it seems like that would be fitting i just i laughed when i read the the plot it reminded me i was saying to my wife it would be like if Gwen Stefani, after making the the banana song, made another song that was like apples. <laughs> yeah, and then another song that was just like grapefruits. G R eight. And then she makes a song called roast beef, and everyone's like, she took a bad left turn. There. <laughs> yeah, like why? Of all the foods, of all the foods, <laughs> of all the foods, maybe go with like pumpkin. I don't know. I don't. Know, maybe she saw the word beef and thought it was a beat. Oh. I like that. Or, you know, it's completely not in the right time frame. But with your name, who cares about time? You know, it all gets tangled. I but agree. Maybe she watched the new Netflix show Beef. That's very true. Mm, there's a lot of possibilities here. Okay. Uh, but what I do like about what all these movies share, there's always something like grand going on, something celestial, something intangible, something of like the earth of the sky that's wrecking everything happening on earth and like disrupting people's lives and there are people down below trying to like maneuver within it and find enlightenment and fulfillment like trying to like navigate themselves within all that and find meaning in the face of something that makes them feel so small and insignificant um but what i really like about what shinkai does is he isn't necessarily depicting two things in conflict as opposed to representing two things that are trying to understand each other, trying to make some sort of connection. I just love the spirituality that comes out of that. Like all of these movies like kind of go through those motions, like here in your name, it's this comet that's going to strike and kill this girl and her entire town. And it makes all these like higher than human elements like seem intimidating and like something you can't compete with but really it ends up being something that forms a connection between you and like the past you and your ancestors you and this person that lives in tokyo it, it becomes this connection that like binds people on earth um like everyone is able to converge and reflect together about this thing that they that's bigger than them that they can't control you know and it's it just becomes this element of like connection between everybody which i really love well you mentioned the idea of control i think japan i don't want to say more than other countries but 
relative, I think, to some of the larger countries that might have weather events, like disasters that hit, it's just, it It feels like Japan's had so many yeah. disasters over the decades. Right. Uh, whether that is man-made from the bombs being dropped or just from earthquakes, tsunamis, like the natural volcanic eruptions, the natural events that have occurred, a lot of their media explores that like yeah the people the cities the culture reacting to disaster um and how disaster impacts shapes reforms and that's what kind of jumped out to me about your name is it's not just exploring that but it's exploring the element of control you can have in the wake of disaster like how wonderful it would be if you know people 13 years ago or 10 years ago whenever the big tsunami hit they were able to go back and like warn people save people like make changes so there's something very youthful about that idea of like these kids are like changing (laughs) their destinies Mm. in the future but it also feels like something that's probably cathartic for a lot of people in a way that maybe like me watching it that's never lived through something like that can't really see or feel in a way that you know somebody living like in tokyo outside of tokyo and one of the the cities that have been affected by these disasters like really like would gravitate and resonate with this message yeah i think that's what i really love um and maybe i had a long-winded roundabout way of getting to this point (laughs) is that I, what I love about the movies the most is they're very philosophical. Um, I, I think I'm just so used to movies. Everything's like a metaphor for something like this represents this and this represents that. And what I find refreshing about Shinkai's movies is they just feel representative of something on a much larger spectrum. Like it isn't necessarily representative of this like one thing someone can go through like grief or something like that. But just a general sense of unknown, of trying to figure out who you are, just like this general feeling that pervades a lot of people um, and can really prevent them from realizing who they are and and finding real fulfillment in life. Um, I love that this movie just kind of becomes a representation of that when you can feel so small and insignificant in the face of something like completely destroying you and your town. How do you navigate that? Like, what does it mean? What does that ultimately become a representation of? And I love that this movie just kind of goes down so many different paths, like your connection to the past, your ability to find love, um, appreciating your family and its traditions. There's like all, there's so much like within it that goes on to define like this general grander thing that Mitsuha and Taki are going through. Even the the duality that they're experiencing uh, with Mitsuha being in Taki's body, Taki being in Mitsuha's body, uh, there's a, a brief part where Taki ends up on a date with Miss Okadera, which is like a huge win for him. <laughs> like the other, his co-workers are jealous. Um, he had a crush on her. He's excited. But the reason he's getting this opportunity is because Mitsuha as Taki 
has been engaging with Miss Okadera in like a much more like feminine way than what Taki, who had been a lot more prone to his like base masculinity, had been able to deliver on. And it's like we see him in some ways like open up, become more vulnerable. I don't know if he leans into his feminine side in the same way that like Mitsuwa does or like shows off. It's not like he's like playing with his hair <laughs> at, at times or like becoming as sweet as Mitsuwa was as, when she's Taki. But the larger message that it's sending about like the duality and the dual nature of men and women and the ability for Taki as Mitsuwa to kind of show off more of this galvanized, we're going to take action energy. And she picks up that torch at the end. Like it's not Taki that saves her. It's Mitsuwa like waking up and realizing, oh no, like I'm going to make moves that ultimately save us. So you're seeing like this blending of Taki learning more vulnerability, Mitsuwa learning more like action and the way in which both of these people not only benefit from the encounter in the short term, but what that's saying in just like a broader scope of individuals tapping into like the holistic like zeitgeist that we have. Like, I think that's a really nice message as well that's kind of subtly portrayed in this movie. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I I love everything that you said, and I feel like that's a big part. Okay, going back to Susan May, like yes, the generally like what the the plots of those two movies are like pretty similar, but their abilities to get to these to the point you just described, like this this bigger, larger connection you share with your people um, and the connections you find with people and how it makes you feel part of something bigger. Like, that's such an amazing thing both of them do in very different ways. Like, Suzume, she she has to go out and tackle these disasters, natural disasters that keep happening to Japan. And by go and she finds these doors and these doors open up like this worm-like monster that, oh my God, this sounds crazy, that goes out and like causes this natural disaster and every time she goes to one of these doors she can see she sees visions of people who are destroyed by past um natural disasters and she starts forming connections with them and it becomes her way of dealing with losing her own mother to a natural disaster 
this movie, I feel like your name does something very similar where Mitsuha, when she finally discovers like what this comet's going to do to her town, it isn't just like about going and stopping it. It's about realizing how this connection with Taki happened. Like, what does it mean that you're connected to this person? Like now all of the ancestral traditions make sense and you feel connected to them. Like it makes you feel part of something bigger. And that's the motivation that pushes you forward and creates action and causes you to go out and create change in the world. I just love that his movies are able to capture that larger communal sense of being that maybe I'm mostly connecting with it because like, I feel like I'm just at that stage in my life where I'm feeling the importance of like knowing what's going on in the world and feeling that connection with people and recognizing the hurt I felt in other people and then being able to empathize with hurt that other people are having in other parts of the world and things I haven't experienced. And, and again, feeling connected to all that and feeling part of something bigger, like that is such a crucial thing, I think for I, I, just my well-being. I think for all human beings, we're at such a pivotal moment for that kind of reflection. And I just love that this movie is, these movies are going after that feeling. It's nice. It's nice. Um, I was just thinking <laughs> that got me into the, uh, you mentioned the traditions and starting to get into some of the plot points of like, did they mention at one point that this was probably why they started the traditions like of keeping the, the shrine and like, this is what her Mitsuha's family, like why their body switching has happened over the years was like yeah. for this moment. Uh, the grandmother, what's her name? Hitoba. Um, where is it? Hitoha. Hitoha. Um, well, the grandmother, she mentions that they're yeah, used to, they have all these traditions and they don't know the reasons for the traditions anymore. Um, because every, all of their documents were lost in the, the fire that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of love that about the movie. Again, the, this is a thing that I think drives a lot of people crazy that like things aren't explained like that. But I really like that about the movie that there are these unknowables and that you just kind of have to trust in the ethereal spiritual nature of the uh, what is their family name? Um, Miyamizu. Yeah, they're they're just a long line of traditions and like what it represents. And I think it's implied in the movie anyway, that when the first comet struck, it created the shrine. It created like the lake and everything and it created the space where the shrine was and that their ancestors somehow knew that they always shared as the grandmother reveals, like she used to have a connection with somebody. She used to go have a dream and she would dream about switching bodies with somebody. Um, but over time, those dreams became hazy and she kind of forgot who the person was. And I think the movie's implying that throughout this entire time between the first comment and the second comment, the Miyamizu family like knew about the future comet, maybe by switching bodies with someone who would then later know that the comet happened. I'm not sure. Um, but I think that's the implication that they've always like shared their other half with somebody, and that's why they always go to the shrine and like give the uh the rice, the rice wine, whatever it's called. And that that's always existed and that 
no one's ever come close to actually like finding each other and uh, being able to stop the comet like Taki, uh, Taki and Mitsu have been. Yeah, I, I wonder how much the theory that started to form in my mind was that the first comet had some kind of magical property and it was her family that benefited from it either because they already like had the shrine or made the shrine or something but over time it's given them that uh capacity to like entangle <laughs> yeah i guess entangle with people but it it seemed to me like maybe it wasn't always comet related but mostly just kind of like a uh puberty kind of coming of age thing that happened for a period of time and then you forget about it and move on with your life and it may not have always had a lot of deep meaning but was something that they're like we don't know why this is happening and then when this happens they're like oh this is why it was happening yeah um i guess that's true it could not necessarily be related to the comet and more just like you're right the comet had these magical qualities and created this ability um and then in turn it just becomes and again i I like this about the movie that that isn't necessarily defined that this connection they've shared with people like can represent whatever it needs to represent um and in this case in addition to you know helping me to uh save her town and her family it just ultimately comes to reflect this crazy ethereal connection you have with somebody like it, just the feeling of love and knowing when like you found something special of somebody yeah uh, that uh it gets at the idea of soulmates and like what makes somebody a soulmates uh, it's a nice twist on that concept yeah um i i was watching it so like the actual viewing experience i will say there was like a the first 30 minutes i was like curious but i was a little like bored for a Uh time i would that's kind of how i felt the first time is like at the very beginning i was like is this what this movie is like i just wasn't that into it yeah i'm glad it it shifted like i think this is something i complain about a lot but i don't know how many times i've talked about it on the (laughs) the (laughs) podcast i feel like a lot of movies will draw out act one and act two and really like use the end of an act two as the end of the story. So it'll end with, uh, take shelter is a movie that a lot of people like really love. It has kind of like a cult following. And it's one that I think is a good example of that issue that I have to where Mm -hmm. the first act introduces the fact that Michael Shannon starts to have visions and the second act is what's happening when he's having these visions and how it's starting to destroy his life. And you don't know if it is mental illness or if he's truly getting visions from God about a disaster that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the movie kind of ends with act two ending act three starting with this twist where you're like, oh, man but you don't get to explore the fallout of that revelation that it's like this thing or that thing. It's really like the buildup is it was this one. And you're just like, (laughs) okay. But like 
that doesn't tell me like what's going to happen now to his relationships what's going to happen to him right i would be like if uh you've seen take shelter right i have yeah yeah like it'd be like if knock at the cabin ended i don't know before any of the actual events started and like ended right. with the first kind of hint that something happened and you're just like well what's the rest of the movie like what's the rest of the story so yeah. i really appreciate when movies set up a concept and aren't afraid to say like okay we're done with that now or we're moving on to the next thing yeah so the fact that the body switching was primarily just the first like 30 to 40 minutes and then it really moved off into the rest of the story i found refreshing and like a relief um and the fact that we even then and a lot of anime are really good at this they're not afraid to jump forward in time mm -hmm. um one of my favorite like shows ever is uh called girl and lagan and i think it's at episode 14 15 16 somewhere in there it skips ahead 10 years mm -hmm. and you see the fallout and the aftermath of everything that's happened in the first part. Like it's really cool that they take the time to do that. So that was something that I definitely appreciated here that not only did it move on from the body switching as like the main shtick <laughs> yeah, and right. looking into some of the, what do you do with the knowledge that you've gained from this, but that it jumped ahead and gave us that final act of Taki like in the future five years later what's he doing how's he feeling and having that last little chapter uh with him and Mitsuha I thought was like a really nice closure so yeah. despite like I still don't think it was really charming but I don't know it does a lot of great things, but it's still like it didn't have like the highs for me that something like um, Akira or Spirit Away kind of have. You mean the whole movie? The whole movie. But overall, I thought just like very charming, very enjoyable. I'm glad they made the call of having them like meet at the end. Like that was satisfying. I know what you mean about not having the highs. Like I think I would go as far to agree with that, even though I really love your name. Um, but I don't, I guess that necessarily isn't a requirement for me in a movie. Like, I do think it reveals something special about a movie like Spirited Away that just by exploring what it's exploring, both, you know, psychologically with the characters and just like the places that stories, the story goes, like it does things that feel just like you've never seen it before. And your name, I think... I mean, your name does have moments where it does it, but maybe just not on the level spirited away. But I, I think I kind of like that about your name that it, it's, it's very sure of itself and like kind of locked in its state and, and always in step with what it's doing. Like, I think that's what I like about it the most is that I never feel like lost. Like I always feel like it's guiding me towards something enlightening and that there's going to be catharsis. There's going to be these characters are going to a place where they're going to understand finally, like what they've been trying to understand. The thing I really love about Shinkai's movies is that they're neither sentimental nor calamitous, you know, like they're not like, it isn't just like going in one direction or the other. Like it is a wonderful mix of those things. And I always just feel safe 
in his hands of the only the few movies I've watched. But I just feel like there's such optimism in his movies in that way that you can't deny that like bad things happen in the world. But these people are just always navigating those bad things in such a positive forward stepping forward thinking way that I just I I guess to me, that's the high, like the whole movie's the high. Like I kind of love that it always has that optimistic attitude going with it. Yeah. I wasn't sure that optimism was going to (laughs) be there. Um, Especially when you find out like Mitsuha like, yeah, died. I was just like, Oh no, (laughs) like, (laughs) Oh no, we are going like that sad. It's making me tear up now thinking about like if the movie went, that direction my wife's laughing as she (laughs) (laughs) hears that um so it was like it was nice that it it brought that back and you do get that overall like good mix of energies to where like yeah it wasn't played off as like overly sentimental or overly like oh god there's a i think it's a korean movie called a moment to remember Mm -hmm. that's just like one of the ultimate gut punch movies I've ever experienced. Um, Did I see that one? Sounds familiar. I think I talked about it. I don't think I made you watch it, but it would have been back in that like 2012. Yeah. I remember period. this movie. I don't think I saw it though. Yeah. It was that one hurt. Um, <laughs> I think it was like a darling on Rachel music that year. Sure. Um, so I was glad it didn't go <laughs> yeah. like that way or like lean so hard in that direction for a bit of time. Like, yeah, there is something nice just about the the mix of emotions and positivity we get with your name. Totally. I, I too, like, I don't know how I always react to movies like this, but I really just like the energy of it. Like all of the super lame songs that are playing. I mean, I'm sure a lot of this is just typical of of anime or Japanese movies. I'm not super knowledgeable, but like, I really love just how genuine a lot of it felt like how the friends, like they're very goofy and like they play their tropish roles, but like they're very genuine and realized as well. Um, I just, in the moments where like, you know, Taki's feeling his boobs and meets his Bobby body, like all that stuff is, I could see someone just like looking at that and rolling their eyes, but like, I kind of just love <laughs> all that stuff that the movie's doing. I'm, every time I've watched it, I'm just, I'm delighted by it. And it's, it becomes like a, especially how they play it off is like the setup. Like you think that there's the punchline, but then you get the real punchline of when he's back and meets his body and yeah. just like crying. It's <laughs> just like, yeah. And the sister walks in and is just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Love that sister, by the way. Yeah, she was fantastic. Um, I wish we would have gotten a little more of the the moment that the dad mm-hmm. decides to listen to Mitsuha and like what that meant for her, what that meant for him. Like, was there any kind of... That was like a subplot I wish would have gotten explored a little bit more. But I kind of like it the way they did it. Like... I know what you mean. It it would have been satisfying. Certainly would have been satisfying to see Mitsuha actually confront her father and like how that conversation went. But I like that the implication is that Taki provides this other half to her. Like that's one thing I really love about the movie is like when they're going back and forth in each other's bodies, like they're helping each other achieve these things they couldn't have been able to do on their own. And in this moment, like 
Taki who's like kind of fiery and has a short temper like there's something in that element of him that finally manifests in Mitsuha it isn't just that Taki has to be there to do it like Mitsuha finally channels that energy through him and is able to like find the confidence to say something to her dad so you don't have to hear exactly what she said you just know that like she did it yeah she was able like the attitude that she has when she walks up to him yeah is just like old man <laughs> this is how this is about to go down yeah um yeah I, I like the main characters too i like i think i like mitsua a little more than taki um, yeah, Taki's a bit of a punk sometimes. He can be, right? Which can be charming, but also... <laughs> He's a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> him trying to interview. I thought he was doing a good job in his interview. I also didn't say anything oh. wrong with his suit. Well, oh, absolutely. And by the time we get to the interview, it's like a few years in the future. And I think the application that he's he's matured a lot. And he had like... Again, I love this about the... Like, he doesn't know why he wants to be an architect. Like, why he wants to create why he's so fascinated by Itamori, like he just is like it's something like you just can't shake and that's just such a familiar feeling i think a lot like when you feel your calling you feel your passion it doesn't need a reason but the reason is there like things through space and time have like informed you to be this way and it's i just love that's such a a strange thing to defamiliarize in a movie like such a difficult thing to defamiliarize and i love that he went for it and i think pulled it off yeah which like getting at that idea of i mean there's so much to not only how we're talking about the cultural response to tragedy but also just youth and coming of age mm. and really letting people know that it's like you should be impassioned to like explore other sides of yourself. You should be impassioned to like follow your interest, whether that's drawing or going to the big city or um, like listening to this thing that you're drawn to, like that inner calling, like mm. that's okay to explore as well. And that it's also like, good like traditions that are there like learning about history like family there's so yeah. much that's like just positive in this movie without much and you're saying this earlier of like the traditional there's conflict but the lows the movie puts such like a a you got this spin on things like right. yeah you're gonna have difficult relationship with your parents but like you've got this yeah, you might not understand like where it is you're going or what it is you're doing, but yes. you've got this. Um, the people in your life are, aren't going to understand you at times, but they'll still support you the same way that like Mitsuha's friends like don't kick her out of the group because like the imposter's there and they're like, you're acting different. They just kind yeah. of acknowledge that they're friends having this other side that they're seeing. Yeah, and like that's great. Same with Taki's friends. Like the idea that you can have that kind of support in your life from the people in your life, it's a very subtle thing in this movie, but I th hope that it's something that resonates with a lot of people and empowers a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it seems to people are still obsessed with this movie and everything. Um and it it on top of everything you're saying like this idea of like you got this just the absolute 
despair people face. Like I'm thinking of Susan May and how she's dealing with the grief of losing her mother and to have a, you got this attitude with that, you know, like even in your name, like we're dealing with two kids who lost their mom, um, dealing with the, the thought that your entire town could be destroyed by a comet, like these very deep emotional things that you have to reckon with the idea of you got this being infused into that, like, that's the kind of shit that gets me going. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. Anything, anything else about the movie? Um, I love the ending. The ending always makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I, it it's a great twist. I feel like on the title of the movie, like, it can be kind of a simple title, like where it just, I guess it means what it means. Like you're this other person, but then getting at the idea of like, they forget each other's names and they don't know who the other person is, but like the other person is still important to them that you're always kind of searching for. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a person. You don't have to paint this movie as like about, about love, young love or finding love. It's just that, recognizing what this other thing is and what it represents you in your life and how it's going to help you get on a path to a better you. Uh, I I feel like the ending captures that when they ask each other what their name is and that this name is going to trigger something in them that they are going to like find this connection that helps them become something like things are a little off. Like I know there's something else I want out there, but what is it? And this name is like what it is that finally triggers you. I just love that. Yeah, it's it's not something that you see done a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel like that's one of the nice things when you find a film that's taking an interesting angle on something, because so many movies are just modern retellings of core stories. I, I like, you've kind of seen like the underdog story a lot. We see like the tragedy a lot. We see the star-crossed lovers repeat like but when a movie is able to capture like something just unique in a way to where you're like i've experienced that but i've never seen it captured in a narrative before it's right it's fun it's one of those moments that just kind of gives like a little a little spike a little pop I, I think that's the main reason i really love this movie like when i like sit back and look at it as a whole like I, I kind of had the feeling you had when you said, like, it doesn't have the highs of a spirited away. Like, I look at it and I'm like, this isn't necessarily... The the movie itself, like, when I just think about its beats and rhythms, like, it's just a body switcheroo. Like, we've seen that before. Like, a lot of these elements are present in other movies and it, and it has a lot of beats of just, like, you know, like, teen comedies or high school movies that, like, I've seen before. It In that sense, it doesn't feel special. But the fact that it's able to achieve these like kind of larger things because it's so philosophical and reflective, it just ends up becoming this thing that makes me feel good and like makes me, it, it makes me want to reflect on myself and like think large, think about the world at large and like think about my grand connection to it. Like That's a crazy thing for a movie to do. <laughs> uh, we didn't do this with Perfect Blue, but where do you have, have it ranked? On my all-time movie rankings? Yeah, your all-time movie rankings. 
the all-time movie rankings, which for anyone who doesn't know, these are the rankings we started uh, last year in 2022. So it's not every movie we've ever watched. It's just every movie we've watched since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think on my list, it would be in a list that now well, I got to go down to the bottom and see how many movies are on this list. 362 movies. Um, I have no life. That would be... <laughs> It'd be ranked very high. Uh, I would even, honestly, I would rank it above Perfect Blue, which I think is kind of a perfect movie. Ooh. <laughs> like, uh, I I love Perfect Blue. I even, I connect with the characters. Like, I think it's just super well done. But again, like, there's just, it's more, a when it comes to your name, it's more about, like, the grand vision it has and how I just kind of connect with it on a philosophical level and what it means to me at this point in my life, like it really captures an energy I want. So because of that, it's pretty high. I think I have it up at, let's say like 27. That is very high for you. Yes. Given how extensive your list is. That's yeah. <laughs> like top 10%. Perfect blues at 38. Okay. Not top 10%. <laughs> pretty close. Uh, close, but not there. Uh, for me, I've ranked 102 movies all time. I'm a little behind. Like, I think it should be at like 106. Um, but uh, I don't have Perfect Blue on here either yet. So that's how you know it's behind. I Perfect Blue right now would be in the top 10 on this list for sure. Um, I think it would probably come in at number. three nice two might be two wow and what's number one uh american psychos at one black swans at two prisoners is at three i might bump prisoners over black swan Ooh, wow Hmm. but i think perfect blue would be up there like parasite puss in boots all quiet on the western front Mm -hmm. but i still haven't watched like a lot of my favorite movies in the last year yeah um i think it's a big difference with me as i constantly rewatch the movies i love yeah, I'm going back through like Letterbox. So like Fight Club's finally coming up on Letterboxd as like one yeah. of the ones I'm watching. I watched John Wick last night. Um and Fight Club finished second in the voting. So I'm guessing I'll probably see Fight Club again soon and then nice. that'll be the new number one. Yeah. Um I think I'd put your name at like 25. All right. I got to be honest, Chris, that's higher than I expected coming into this episode. I thought you would be driven crazy by all the logic stuff. Oh, nah. I mean, they set it up like well enough. Like, as you said, like the burning of the fire, we lost our texts. Like, why'd she connect with Taki of all people? It's a little bit of the, the, the trope of what came first, the chicken or the egg in time travel. Like mm-hmm. she connected because she gave him her yeah uh, ribbon, but the only reason she gave him the ribbon was because they were already like <laughs> body switching. That's that's the way they're able to keep their connection, I guess, after the body switching stops. Yeah, that there's something that kind of like powers them through. I guess just to like we know that this is a. I mean, they just cover it well enough with the. Hey, we had text, but we lost them. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> but there were other things I thought would drive you nuts, like. How does 
Taki not know the name of her town? Oh, yeah. Would that not come up at any point in time? I guess you could make the argument that by the time he's going to look for her, the switching's already stopped, and maybe that's one of the first things that's like left his mind. Yes, I agree. That's that's what my response to that question is. Yeah. I, you could always kind of go with that. Also, like, I don't know, when I was in Canal Fulton, Ohio, which was 5,000 people, there weren't a lot of, like, Canal Fulton signs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe there would have been, like, Itamori, like, Butcher. And, like, he should have known. It feels like something, like, one of the first questions you would ask is, like, where am I? Um, right. Which is not something we ever hear him. Or what year is it? Yeah, what year is it? Who am I? Oh, yeah, the year thing. Um, I guess with, like, the iPhone, he might have thought that it was the same. But, like, right. he's looking at our calendar, right? Like, he's leaving notes. Would yeah. he see that the note is saying, like, April 15th, like, 2013? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I just love that. I, I read that that was driving a lot of people nuts. And it was just a moment where I was like, I, I don't care, though. Yeah, I mean, I would just chalk it up to, like, it's part of the, however the magic is working, however, like, the memory is working. Clearly, like, details stick, but they don't stick, so. Yeah, if it's not getting in the way of me, like, connecting with the movie, like, that kind of stuff, it's just, it's inconsequential to me. Like, maybe it is um a mistake like maybe narratively it disrupt things but like if it doesn't ruin my connection to it and what it's telling me about the world like i kind of don't care yeah but it's also <laughs> probably th- some of the reason why it's like down at in the yeah. 20s for me rather than up in the up in the i understand that like top 10 percent. yeah okay so, well then we did it we talked about the movie Chris, do you think you and I will ever switch bodies? <laughs> I can only hope and continue. <laughs> I've been hoping, but I can continue to hope. You could take care of uh, my daughter for one day. <laughs> Be like, hi, <laughs> how do we do this? She she looks at you and just knows you're not me and just starts crying. Crying immediately. She's just like, where's, where's my dad? And I'm like, <laughs> I look like him, don't I? And she's like, you do not like do the song with the monkey the way that he does that's true you don't (laughs) okay that would be a dead giveaway (laughs) the monkey song you gotta know it uh what are we doing what are we covering next oh gosh um if we're going by movies that have historically performed well on our site the whaling's a big one yeah it's i mean looking at like april like the highlights from april we've covered banshees everything everywhere black swan your name prisoners Suzume, Perfect Blue, and then The Wailing's next. It's The Wailing or Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. I'm going back to the beginning of 2022 till today. So we've covered those four. Oh, Under the Skin is a big one. Oh, yeah. It's between those two. I mean, what are you feeling? Are you feeling The Wailing or are you feeling Under the Skin? Uh, I'll probably never be feeling Under the Skin. But I know we have to cover it eventually, so I'm indifferent. <laughs> okay, well then, let's start with the whaling. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, I can be on a high before I head into the depths of that movie. Under the Skin's one that, like, 
we saw it in Toronto. I guess I'm yeah. kind of spoiling, but I've come I've come around on it a little bit. Maybe I will seen it again. I've seen it twice now. So. Yeah. And I haven't liked it either time, but maybe the third time. Second time for me, a lot more of the humanity like came through. Okay. I'm looking for that. I'll be looking for the humanity this time. But it does in our continued like subplot of like negativity, um, <laughs> like me speculating of your reaction to negative movies, like <laughs> under the skin is very bleak. Okay, it's okay. Bleak, this is okay if it's earned, so I'm going to go in with an open mind. But The Wailing's next. Yeah. The okay. Wailing, Sounds it shall be. If people haven't watched The Wailing... Oh, man. Is it still Great available movie. on Amazon? It was on Hulu at some point. Uh, it, so, yeah, and then it must have moved to Amazon. I'm not sure what it's on anymore. Oh, it's saying Peacock. It has oh. ads. Yeah, so Peacock, not to... <laughs> go, do it. Peacock is now showing like movies, but the movies include ads, even if you have the premium. What? Yeah. No. So, like, yeah, John Wick. I was watching John Wick last night, and an ad happened in the middle of the movie. I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" And it's saying for oh. the the Wailing Two, it's Peacock Premium. It has ads. It's just like oh four four quick like fifteen second ads. But fuck that. What? That's so insane. Why am I paying ten bucks a month? I know. So I don't have ads during TV show, but like if you're going to have the movie, don't wow. like, don't do that. Peacock, you're on our list. Our I know. List. I know. That's uh, it was really disappointing. I was starting to like have some goodwill built towards Peacock and yeah, gosh, no and they ruined everything. But if you want to be a sponsor of the show, we'd be happy to have you. Oh yeah. We can, we can edit all of this, but yeah, but for money. Or keep it. I mean, we leave, leave it in, throw it out. doesn't matter. Like, we'll take your money. <laughs> just just give us money. Uh, AMC Plus has it. Subs, no ads. <laughs> All right. I'll go that direction. <laughs> FUBU? What? <laughs> FUBU. Yeah, you never use FUBU? No. Is it? No. Every once in a while, like, FUBU is the only place you can watch a movie, you know? Oh, what a bold name choice. Yeah, right. Isn't uh, what's is Fubu the name of the clothing line? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. For us, by us. Oh gosh, Dave and John. I uh, I would love to read an article about them and how they didn't get sued. What did it start? It started in New York City. Huh. What by by Sean P Diddy Combs? <laughs> would it that be <laughs> shocking? That would make uh, it all make sense. FUBU was co-founded by David Gandler, Alberto Horehula, and Sung Ho Choi. They're so, thieves. I wonder where the name comes from. And if it's an acronym for anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> Is it for us, by others? Hmm. Again, we'll take you as a sponsor, no matter what the answer is. Oh, wow. It, after learning the name FUBU is fo short for football, Gandler filled in more details regarding the company and its vision. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that's that's great. You learn something new every day. Yeah, I, okay. Well, interesting. 
interesting. We are an informative podcast. Yeah, it's a great preview for The Wailing. <laughs> the Wailing's so good. Okay. <laughs> great movie. Until next time. Bye.